Kershu Webster. Welcome to the Roleplay Rescue Game Master's Journal. My name is Che Webster, and I'll be taking you behind the scenes of my own Game Master journey, day by day, week by week. Each journal episode features my audio notes, recorded here and there over the weeks between my regular gaming sessions. Assembled into a rough edit, these notes form a journal and let you take a peek behind the GM screen. But be warned, there are spoilers aplenty for anyone who plays at any of my gaming sessions. GM's journal is always released as a bonus episode. It's not released until the session I'm planning for has been played through. It's a pretty candid snapshot of my inner life as a gamer. So you have been warned. Game on. Hey, Shay, this is Larry Tholomew and I just listened to your GM Part 3 episode and your minimal prep and so forth. Uh, very interesting to hear how that's going for you. I try to do minimal prep and that, for me, leaves me free to fill in the blanks and respond to what the players bring to the table. So I'm curious to hear how the rest of that goes for you. I also hear that you mentioned listening to the Crusader podcast. Uh, I didn't know about the existence of that podcast until Gary Khan. Turns out one of the hosts, well, I know both of the hosts, two of the, I guess I know all the hosts now. There's three hosts. Um, and Jesse uh, has played in several of my games at different conventions, and he gave me the card, and that's where I first learned about the podcast. So I've been listening. Hey, Shay, yeah, that one minute isn't very long. So, I mean, Jesse and uh, his wife have played in games I've run at Marmalade Dog, the local con in Kalamazoo, and also uh, Yukon in Ypsilanti, Michigan. Uh, he is from Ohio, so he's fairly close. And then I ran into him at Gary Con, and that's when he gave me his card. He actually played a game of my card game that he'd been hearing so much about and uh, we have a lot of fun when we playing games together I had no idea he had a podcast I also didn't know that Carl Hale was in there and uh, Tyler Morrison I did I had no idea I don't know Tyler very well but uh, it was very interesting listening to their first podcast and I may catch some more so hope all is well talk to you later Hey Larry, thanks for calling in. Blimey, me, this mic's loud. I'm trying a new headset mic. Kind of bizarre. Anyway, um, thanks for calling in. It's great to hear from you. And um, yeah, the Crusader podcast is pretty cool, actually. For those who don't know, it's uh, for Castles and Crusades, and it's available on um, iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever they call it. Anyway, um, been listening to that. It's eight episodes, I think, as I as I kind of record this, and it's cool. And um, isn't it amazing, Larry, that you know we kind of have these connections that we never knew. 
Um, the world is so much smaller. The more I'm doing this podcasting, the more I realise that you know I'm closer to a lot of you guys than I realise. The the connections between us are quite quite uh, short, quite small, quite easy to make. Anyway, dude, thanks for calling in. Great to hear from you, and I'm I'm glad you're enjoying the um, journals. So, <laughs> you know, I'll keep going with it. Really, I, I kind of I don't know. It's it's very warts and all in it, but here we go. Cheers, Larry, for calling in. All the best. So, Tuesday morning before work, um, it's games night at school. I've got a stinking cold. So, all the stress of the last week or so. Sunday, I went down with a really bad cold. And uh, Monday, I struggled through. And, um, you know, I'm sitting here. I'm actually bathed in sweat. I really shouldn't be at work. But, you know how it goes. Really in two minds about the game tonight. I've got um, very few sessions before it's Easter, I mean, basically it's this week, next week, and then it's Easter, and then we miss two. I'm a bit loath to cancel, but I am rough as anything, so I'm going to have to see how it goes today. I think if I do do it, it'll be a short session. I'll run the big fight that has been kind of on standby, and then kind of cut it short, um, simply because I don't have the energy, but we'll see how it goes. And um, yeah, I just wanted to sort of get it out there, I guess. We'll see. Curse you, Webster! It would appear I need to look at this Mithras now. Uh, I picked up, well, actually, Arthur picked me up a copy of Imperative a while back at uh, UK Games Expo, I think. And I had a little bit of a flick through it and I thought, oh dear, oh dear, that's a bit crunchy. But based on your um, enthusiastic recommendation it seems I've got more reading to add to the pile so cheers <laughs> anyways uh, great podcast man I really enjoyed it and um, yeah I don't know what you know about Glorantha if you're a bit of a RuneQuest guy perhaps um, I- I'm intrigued to know more about uh, Glorantha so don't know whether, whether you've got any thoughts on that mate anyways catch you later Hey Colin, thanks for your message. Great to hear from you again. And uh, okay, I'm cursed. <laughs> oh, I totally had to steal that though. Right, yes, Mithras, fantastic that you um, are tempted. I'm glad I persuaded you to at least take another look at Imperative. Dude, yeah, it's a heck of a lot more crunchy than you know, games you're playing, um, as in more detailed, as in, you know, you are going to create a character and it's going to take you a goodly long time. But you're going to get a character that has kind of a cultural background and a whole range of different kind of skills and abilities. And I know it's D100 Gaming and a lot of people listening will be thinking, oh my goodness, it's going to be basket weaving. No, it doesn't do that. It actually cuts those skills down to a manageable level, a really good practical level. What I like about Mithras is it's a really tight game. It kind of deals with it, does what it needs to do. It deals with the things it needs to deal with. Combat's detailed. Fights take longer, but they're kind of cool and exciting. And I just hope you'll kind of at least give it a go. I think it plays better than it reads. Second thing to say, though, is Glorantha. Oh, yeah, big fan. You know that I got into uh, RuneQuest as pretty much my first role-playing game. So Glorantha was a setting that came with it. There were some gods and stuff in there. And I played, you know, those first few adventures. Games um, set in Apple Lane. This is a village. And, you know, Gringle's Pawn Shop which was one of my favourite kind of adventures. Um, and, yeah, <laughs> it took me ages to realise that um, Gringle's Pawn Shop is not uh, a place where you get pornography, but, in fact, where you sell old things that you want to get rid of and kind of like, hawk them out for, you know, 
uh, some petty cash. Um, and Rainbow Caves and all those kinds of adventures. And, and also the Solo Quest stuff that was done back in the day. So I, I loved all of that and I, I got into all of that. Sadly, um, nobody around me wants to play in Glorantha. In fact, well, that's not true. My newest player, Andy, who comes on Fridays, he's a he's a Glorantham, he's a Rock Greenquest fan, and he is actually GMing, a bit in a stand-in GMing stint at Glorantha Games 2019 next weekend. So I'm really hoping to go and play some Glorantha next weekend. And that's down to you, Colin, because you're the guy who said to me, you know, you must get out there and play as a player more. So I'm going to do that next weekend. And... Um, yeah, if you want to get into Glorantha, there is a really cool book that Chaosium, sorry, the Chaosium put out very recently. Um, and it's kind of like, there's a big, chunky, like, two-volume guide to Glorantha, which you don't need to worry about. But there's a kind of an introductory book available. I cannot remember for the life of me what it's called, but, you know, go check it out on the Chaosium website. Um, it's a really good read and um, gives you everything you need to know about Glorantha, and it's completely system-neutral. So... Even if you didn't like RuneQuest or you didn't want to play even with Mithras or whatever, if you wanted to do it with D&D, you could probably do it, actually. Grantha, for me, it's the mythographers, it's the mythologi- uh, mytho- mytho- mythologians um, RPG. It, it, it is like the RETG's RPG. It's absolutely fab. The power of the gods and all of that is just great in it. And I love everything about it and I'm blithering, so I'm going to shut up. Cheers for calling in, mate. It's brilliant to hear from you. All the best. It's my lunch hour and, oh my goodness, I'm feeling so rough. I've made the decision to cancel tonight's game with the school club, which is really regrettable, but I am in such a bad way. I've got about an hour and a half teaching to get through and I'm not even sure I'm going to make it. Um, yeah, this is even with drugs in my system, so it's rough, but, oh my goodness, sweating and so horrible. <laughs> uh, why do we do this to ourselves? Oh well. There you go, there's the update. Okay, so I got home from work um, and I've just received a parcel from Mongoose. Um, so I have the Pirates of Drinax. Um, the Pirates of Drinax is a box set of kind of a campaign. I'll read the back, it says. The Pirates of Drinax is a truly epic sandbox campaign packed with enough adventures and source material to keep even the most dedicated traveller going for years. In the Pirates of Drinax, the travellers are entrusted by the King of Drinax with a letter of mark permitting them to prey on illegal trade within the borders of the vanquished kingdom. The king hopes this piracy will give him the leverage he needs to restore Drinax to its former glory and he intends for the travellers to win back all the planets lost over the last two centuries. But the King's plans are just the starting point for this campaign. And basically what we've got is sort of three hardback books um, in a box, along with maps. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just going to take the shrink wrap off this, so um, yeah. let's do it. Ooh, the smell of new books. Fantastic. Okay. So, the books. Oh, no. Okay, Tim's going to love me. I've got a book here with a cover. It's got a bit of the inner box stuck to it. And it's basically threatening to rip the cover of my book. And I'm just trying to gently scrape it off with my thumb so as not to leave the book marked. Okay. That's annoying. Um, I'm, I'm a bit like Tim Shorts. I need my books to be perfect. 
and there is now a slight blemish on the front of my first book, which is a bit of glue, and I'm just trying to wipe that away. Anyway, right, the first book, The Pirates of Dronex itself, hardback book, it's kind of like, I think it's a red cover, I'm not sure it could be in colour but there we go. Full colour inside, absolutely gorgeous. Um, it looks like, yeah, all of the kind of campaign stuff. So, um, campaign overview and all of that, all of the details of it in a book. Fantastic. Okay, let's put that to one side. And then I've got the Trojan Reach. So this is a source book, second book, hardback again. Looks good. Um, in full colour, and it's detailing a whole kind of um, sector, I think, or at least subsector of space. Um, Trojan Reach, I believe, it is a full sector in uh, the Traveller universe. Third Imperium, that is. And yeah, so it's got details of all of the worlds within the various subsectors that make up the sector. Just for those who don't know, Traveller has sector subsector maps, which are basically eight hexes by about ten hexes. And then you have um, nine of those, I believe, make up a full sector map. Um, and that's kind of a lot of space. So it's that old space equivalent of a hex crawl, but you're doing it like in space. And not all the hexes that necessarily have things in them. Uh, in Traveller, you're jumping from world to world to world. Um, I think that's right from memory. So you've got basically like loads and loads of details. And then in here is also other sort of looks like there's equipment and stuff in here as well, different types of vehicles and weapons. It looks like a lot of stuff from Aslan, one of the alien species of the universe, and some various robot stuff. And yeah, stuff about Aslan generally and their armor. And then oh new what look like new careers. Yep. Careers for the Aslan alien species, by the looks of it, which is absolutely awesome. All updated from the first edition, and lots and lots of creatures from the sector as well. So basically a whole sort of source book of um, a place to go in, in, your, um, in your sandbox, a massive sandbox, there we go. And then the third book is Ships of the Reach, so it looks like a, it's a much thinner book, it's about maybe a third the thickness of the other two. Um, but it basically contains, yeah, exactly what I expected. Like, basically, ship diagrams of the, sh the deck plans and the stats for those ships in the game all collected into one place and lots of stuff that I've not seen before, which is kind of cool. Um, and there are ships of the, yeah, the, the actual high, the, uh, the height, which looks like, yeah, ships of the reach. And then most of them seem to be Aslan ships, so it's A again alien ships. Because I think one of the key things in this particular sector of space is that the Third Imperium is like a minority. And a lot of the planets are conquered by this alien species of cat people called the Aslan, or cat-like people, to be fair, because they're not really cats. They just look like it superficially. And um, then there's lots of space that's kind of generally piracy and unclaimed, so it kind of makes for an interesting zone. In the and then there's the maps. These are full colour, big, thick map yeah the whole sector map by looks of it in full color on one side and on the other the deck plan of the ship that the i know from having looked at the spiel for this and having like also owned the first edition version of this particular campaign um yeah it's the full deck plan of the ship that the players get to fly around in which is really, really cool um 
Awesome. It's really, really quite cool. It's a nice set. It's like beautiful um, production values. And um, I do know that this is a campaign that my guys, or at least a couple of my guys who play on Friday nights, have in the past expressed an interest in playing. We almost got started in first edition. Um, and then I kind of went all flaky on them. So I own it now, guys, if you're listening. We own the campaign, and I'm very excited about that because that's a very cool thing. Um, yeah, and you know from earlier, don't you? You know if you were listening to the last journal that I also ordered the um, exploration campaign pack as well, which is, I believe, waiting for me to pick up from the post office. Shh. Tell the missus. Hey, Jay, it's Tim Shorts from Gothridge Manor. Just getting into your podcast, but you just start talking about your conversation with Joe the lawyer and wondering if other people liked it. I definitely did. Uh, I thought it was interesting to all the different philosophies and, you know, stuff I didn't even know about. It's kind of interesting getting your background and then hearing Joe's side of things. So, don't think for one second it wasn't uh, interesting and enjoyable. So uh, I, I, I enjoy your podcast and definitely enjoy the uh, interview too. So now I'm going to get back to listening to the rest of your podcast, Jay. Thanks. We'll talk to you soon. There he is, the man himself, Tim Shorts from Gothra's Manor. Thanks for calling in, Tim. Great to hear from you. And I, I hope you enjoyed the rest of the podcast. Um, but yeah, thanks for taking the time to call in and uh, be encouraging about the interview with Joe. I enjoyed doing it. I think Joe enjoyed doing it. He seems to say so anyway. Um, and yeah, it's good to hear that a few people enjoyed that too. I got kind of a little bit, um, I don't know, a little bit worried, that's all. I'm kind of like a quite private person and I think like um, this podcasting is really getting me out of my shell and I'm sort of being open and talking to people and I'm enjoying that. Don't get me wrong, I really am. But it's um, it isn't natural for me yet maybe i'll never will be anyway but thanks tim for calling in and i really appreciate you calling i really appreciate your podcast too by the way and the episodes recently man when you get into some of the detail of how you do things and why you do things loving that keep it up dude random thought you know i think i'm actually psychologically incapable of doing anything that's supposed to be fun on a schedule or at least I'm resistant to it. I don't want to do things on a schedule when it's meant to be fun. I was listening to Joe the Lawyer on his recent podcast and he was talking about how he's preparing Blood Island and he's doing it at his own pace. And he's enjoying it. And I thought, that's why I keep switching away from when I have a game to doing something that's like loose and fun. Because I don't like doing things on a schedule. There you go, I've said it. Right, so I'm home. Yesterday, the Traveller starter set and the Traveller The Great Rift set arrived. And I opened and had a quick peek at the starter set yesterday, which looks pretty cool, but I need to dig into it. I took the shrink wrap off. And this evening, I decided before, really before the missus gets home, um, I take the shrink wrap off this Great Rift one. Um, so, here we go. Uh, quick peek. So again, a sort of slimline box with a lid. Cool. Ooh, maps. Really big. Full colour poster maps of the sectors. Ooh, hoo, hoo. Um, 
Very nice. And in the centre, oh, a uh, Phobitor system system map as well. Interesting. Um, which I presume goes with an adventure or something. And a second map with another sector, full sector map. By the way, I said earlier that the sector maps were like, you know, nine, but they're not. They're, um, the sector maps are eight hexes by ten hexes, and that's a subsector. And then the full sector map is 16 of those arranged, just so you know. Yeah, cool. So a double-sided kind of sector map in full colour. Nice. Um, really nice. And then another one. So I think I've got like one, two, yeah, about five sectors worth of maps in full colour, which is gorgeous. I love this, by the way. There's a little pull, like a little ribbon in the bottom of the box where you can kind of pull the boxes up to get them out because there's not a lot of finger room. Um, so it's quite a nice option. Book one, The Great Rift, which I started flipping through, but on the, um, uh, what's it called, the PDF version the other day, but, um, you know, it's kind of cool. Um, yep, full colour throughout, really gorgeous, actually. Lots and lots of the subsector maps in detail, lots of stats stats and stuff and there's loads of background material in there um and then the book two is the reft which is uh, the entire sector again detailed out and there's ships in here as well various bits and bobs i haven't really read this but basically the reft sector and then touchstone and afawisa is a book three which i presume is another sector detailed yep in detail there we go with creatures and stuff like beautiful full color books the reference books really for the sectors and then one of my favorite books actually and i looked at this very briefly on the um uh, pdf but this is the deep space exploration handbook book for deep space exploration handbook and what i like about this is it gives a process for a referee um to generate um a kind of exploration game so what you've got is what the, it's called the expanded star system creation, and it puts things in order that the the characters might go exploring, the steps that you would create the, you know, the various um, stars and their systems that they're actually going to investigate. Um, and there's also an extra bit about uh, sort of extra stuff for ships to upgrade the high guard supplement, which is a separate book for exploration stuff, and then loads of ships at the back of it, which is kind of cool. So this is really nice, a uh, really nice set, and I'm going to basically use the Deep Space Exploration Handbook as part of my own game. Um, you know, actually, that's part of the puzzle for me. I've been the puzzle I've had to, I've been wanting to resolve for a long while is the how to play a science fiction game really well. And I think I said in the previous episode that I kind of worked it out, um, but I have to say, having looked at the this paper. Um, Having looked at the Great Rift box, that book, the Deep Space Exploration Guide, it could be the final bit of the puzzle for me with an exploration game because one of the difficulties is having to do prep up front to create all your star systems in detail and um, at least with this game that kind of gives a, a way of doing so in a way that makes sense and could be done, if not at the table, at least you know, like session by session as you do the explorations at the table, which is really, really cool. Anyway, um, I guess I'm going to save that for a forthcoming proper episode on how to run a science fiction game really well. So there we go. Had a quick peek at the Great Rift. I'm going to hide it somewhere now. See you later. Whew. Yeah, Friday morning. Here we are. I'm in work early. Um, Friday morning. Two weeks have gone by. Practically no prep on the game for tonight. 
had some wonderful texts last night, though. Um, kind of like, are we gaming? And then I'm like, well, yeah, that's the plan. And I get these like really enthusiastic little texts back, which is great. It kind of picks me up. Just wish I wasn't so ill, and I just wish I wasn't so like drained after every work day. Every day this week has been a late night. Every one of them. And I know it's not hugely late when you get home at like six o'clock, but oh my god, 10, 11 hour days every day. It's doing me in. I can't, I can't, um, kind of do it really. And I realized, really have realized that I, um, I have to do the minimal prep for a game and I just have to get cool with that. And I did it last week and I'm going to do it again today and just got to get cool with it. I also, I have realized that I need to take like making myself put things on the map or adding things to my game or drawing maps or coming up with new ideas other than like immediate prep before the night, which is, you know, doing the whole kind of laser GM thing. Other than that, I have to do that when I feel like I want to and I cannot schedule it because all I do when I schedule it is I just pump it away and it's going, no, I can't face it. No, I can't face it. No, I can't face it. And I know that come holiday, I'll have energy again. You know, that's two weeks from now. Um, but you know, in the meantime, I just, when I'm working, I just don't have the energy and it's really doing me. And also I realized as well, like podcast is behind schedule now. I, um, I have an episode for Saturday and I have an episode for next week and then that's nothing. And I haven't been able to write and prepare and plan and come up with uh, a podcast either. So Got to sort that out a bit this weekend and into next week. Kind of get back on a schedule. I know there's only like maybe one or two episodes before the end of series two, so that's okay. But um, oh my, I just the time. And I've been yeah, I've also been thinking about like thinking a lot about using just sort of doing a Patreon thing, um, asking people to support me financially with this whole podcast malarkey, which feels bad to me just feels dirty feels wrong um but actually sustainability um i don't know i kind of have this pipe dream that maybe in uh five or ten years time i'll be able to be a part-time teacher maybe just do one day a week less just a four-day week i mean the true dream would be a three-day week and then spend two days creating you know actually have the energy to create and write and then what I really want to do is write that whole kind of campaign thing actually there's a series of them in my head I've been wanting to write my Serene Dawn science fiction one for like years Scott my mate Scott Templeman and me have been thinking about that one for maybe five years or more just don't have the time and I kind of want to write, obviously, Fire Citadel. I'd like to create that Mega Dungeon and write it all up. And like having like created it for the game, I'd just like to put it out there. You know, let people use it, steal it, even if it's just the maps. But it's time. And uh, I don't know. And I know that I'm never going to make uh, money doing like a bit of podcasting. <laughs> Enough money to be a part-timer. But there's this tiny little pipe dream of me that kind of wants to put it out there and say, hey, guys, you know, kind of throw me a dollar. I don't know. I put it out on social media today. I put it out on maybe like this whole idea and I guess people will probably shoot it down. But honestly, I, uh, I don't know. Just don't know. Jeez, I'm going to cut this out, haven't I? <laughs>
very miserable. Okay, so game tonight. Um, got a full day at school today, being um, being uh, visited again by outsiders and uh, judged yet again. And uh, you can tell I'm getting sick of it, right? <laughs> uh, but going tonight, I'm going to be there for the guys, and I really have to try and bring my best energy to the table, which is going to be hard. Full day today. Um, hey, let's see what happens. I've got um, got most things around there to run. The game's not difficult to run, so. It's a great thing about Castle Crusades. It's a great thing about running a hex crawl. Um, yeah, it shouldn't be too bad. Let's see what happens tonight. You know, drivel over. <laughs> see you in a bit. Okay, so it's Friday night. Um, it is about 6.30. Just gone 6.30. The guy's going to be here probably in 15 minutes. Um... Not had much time to do anything really, uh, but hey, here we go. I've just printed off um, a Dyson Logos map and adventure from his website, dysonlogos.com. It's called the Tomb of Duran Oakenshield, which looks kind of fun. Um, I'm going to place that in the hills that the guys are nearby um, on the Isle of Fire right now. Um, I know I needed a new location. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to kind of improvise from there. Uh, basically, the Adventure involves sort of some bandits in, in an old dwarven tomb, um, which is kind of fun. It's kind of nice and small and simple. It'll be a good fun thing if they choose to go in there. Um, other than that, going to let them hex crawl around and um, see if they're brave enough to go for the main tower or even return to the town. Can't take it from there, really. Going to spend an evening. Um, oh, dear me, I'm tired. <laughs> cannot believe that um, I haven't cancelled this again. But it looks like we might have uh, a bigger house. I think it's going to be three. Well, kind of maybe even fingers crossed that a fourth will come, but we'll see. So there we go. Um, they're going to be here any minute, so I'll be going to set up, clear down the table and get everything set up and stuff. So wish me luck. Ten minutes to go. Ten to seven. Here we go. Five minute preparation. Create a strong start. I have no sort of idea. The problem I've got is I went and left the party split, effectively. The guys last time were out in the wilds, and I've got potentially new characters coming into the game, and I have no way of connecting them together. And, ah, one of the players has suggested that I um, kind of have those players having gone through the Moongate early, and actually already in the wilds, and maybe kind of catching up with each other. I don't know. Got this scenario involving bandits, so I could have bandits attack them. As I just had a fight with weirballs at the end of the last session. But a fight's a good start, isn't it, usually? Maybe I could have elven agents of the silence come to try and assassinate them. Maybe I could do both. I think the simplest thing is to have some bandits attack them, and then we draw and head off in the direction of their den. That offers the opportunity of drawing them into into the adventure that potentially they could do this evening if they wanted to um, as a side quest but of course I'm going to listen to the tables the table when I get here I'm going to listen to the players and see what they want to do I'm also going to ask them directly how they want to resolve this whole split party thing I'm actually going to ask them that one secrets and clues and we're going to pick up and use what was there last time I used absolutely none of them last session I've got no time to sit and do that so I'm basically just going to use what's there and if anything comes up, that's great. No, no harm, no foul, really. That's done. Fantastic locations. Well, I've got a dungeon. I've got a, a tower. I've got a town. I've got a fantastic island. So 
should be about covered. I hope to crap anyway. <laughs> so yeah. Whew. Being a gem, you know, it's tough, isn't it? <laughs> Crazies. I mean, I know there's going to be a good 50 minutes or, sorry, about 30 minutes or so of kind of getting characters together. Um, getting our asses in gear. So we'll just take it from there. Did I already say wish me luck? <laughs> wish me luck. All right, just finished the session. About four hours of play. It's just before midnight. Good game. The guys basically, um, they decided that um, Vinster, the new guy, or uh, the guy who's kind of joining tonight with the other two players, that he would basically caught up with the party, tracking them through the wilds whilst they were like recovering from the previous session's engagement with weirbores. Um And then from there, they, they kind of headed off into the hills and did a bit of exploring. And they were being tracked and trailed by some mysterious cloaked figures. Long and short of it is they stayed overnight in the wilds and then they basically decided to go and investigate some strangeness off to the uh, southwest, which led them to this dwarven barrowy tomb thing, which was inhabited by, for want of a better phrase, some banditos. Um, and yeah, they're in there now. They're kind of stuck in there right now because they've locked themselves in to stop the bandits who tried to outflank them from the outside and trap them. Um, and they've been beating up the guys on the inside. It's been a good fight, been a good time. Um, basically, been a series of two or three waves of bad guys sort of attacking them. Nearly took the party down, but they actually managed to fight back, and it's been good. Um, and, you know, I've rewarded them with... Um, they got a plus-one magic sword and some plus-one leather armour and a couple of potions to kind of, like, reward them for their efforts. And I think next session it'll just be dive deeper and explore this particular dwarven barrow. Um, create a few mysteries for them, um, which is good fun. So a good session, I think. I really enjoyed it anyway. And um, it sort of, again, proves to me that I don't need to be doing masters of prep week by week. I can do a little bit and sort of add some stuff to the map and, you know, guide them into some opportunities if they want to take them. And what was good was that they were definitely um, cautious, probably over-cautious in a way, but they found um, you know, something interesting to engage with and something strange to explore. So that was good fun to see. There's a lot to be said for hex crawling, guys. It's good fun. And um, I also think it's quite flexible for me as GM. I can add stuff you know, as I go, really, as they kind of range further out. I've just got to be slightly ahead of them, put a few things on the map. And it doesn't have to be complicated. Downloading Dyson's um, dungeon and kind of using that, tweaking it on the fly is easy enough. Just changing a few things here and there, changing who's in there and why they're in there. Just a little bit of thought as I went, really. It wasn't too difficult. So all good fun. There you have it. Another session down. Meeting again in two weeks. I think so. It seems like the guys are pretty enthusiastic. And I have to say, I was really, really pleased with the way in which they function as a team and as a group. Um, some of the most exciting game I've had in a while. It's also like the pressure's off me, and it seems to like vibe out. So the, they also have the pressure off them a bit, and it's good. Have a good time. Anyway, it's enough of me blathering on for another week. So uh, yeah, gonna get some sleep. See where things take me over the weekend. 
Gavs is damn cold. <laughs> okay, so it's Saturday morning after the game. Um, whoa, yeah, kind of slept in a little bit, got up late with the wife. Um, by the way, she's cleaning out the rats upstairs, so if you hear any lumping and bumping in the background, that'll be what that is. Two things I wanted to talk about, really. Um, first of all, the game, and second of all, did a crazy thing and created a Patreon page. Last night's game was great. I, I think I said last night that you know the kind of main things that went on and that was cool. So, um, I'm just reflecting on it this morning. I think what was interesting was that I was improvising on the fly, you know, there in the game, but less than I expected I might, um, which is really interesting. When I've done improvised kind of gaming in the past, I've tended to be like very, very low prep. Um, and what I find about this hex crawl is that I'm essentially just dropping things into the, the map and I'm able to like, you know, take a map like Dyson's map and just drop it in. And, uh, there's a little hit that particular one had a little adventure, so it was just easy to use, but I was able just to tweak and, and twist it as I went. And it was interesting. Um, and I kind of did a really silly thing as well. Well, I don't know if it's silly. I don't know. Anyway, I decided that I didn't. I didn't want it to be bandits. I wanted it to be something a bit more sinister. So I just kind of had the players notice that one of the guys in this dwarven tomb uh, had his lips sewn shut, and it's kind of like it's like a, a little bit of a secret. There, so I'm not going to talk about why I did that specifically. But what was funny was listening to Ian. As he went through, he's got to obviously think about this. And there was this moment when he went, hang on a minute, how does he eat? And of course, I'd eat earlier, just before I gave that bit of description, I described there being a bit of a yell being given out by, uh, you know, presumably one of the guys up that they'd first encountered. And one of these two guys they'd noticed had his lips on shut. Um, and it's just amusing, you know, it's like kind of fun. Not all of these cultists... Um, have their lips sewn shut but you know at least one did and uh as, as the kind of evening wore on and they sort of sealed themselves in and started to deal with these guys it just kind of became this sort of ongoing little uh giggly joke around the table about like the inability to speak if you have your lips sewn shut and the impracticality of this so i just found myself like messaging this morning on me we um andy's kind of sent me a note saying thanks for the game really enjoyed it it was it was cool but Kind of message like, you know, watch out for like impractical cult rituals. And it just really made me laugh. Um, I really enjoyed that kind of little moment. And those kind of little moments in gaming generally are things that I, I really enjoy. So, yeah, just wanted to talk about that one a little bit. Okay, so I think I mentioned on Friday I was, uh, or really during the week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I've been thinking about like Patreon. Patreon, if you don't know, is a a sort of an online platform that allows fans really to support uh, creative people, which, you know, is a category that I not necessarily put myself in very firmly. When I wrote uh, modules for uh, Mithras Classic Fantasy, yeah, that was me being a creator. And I do see myself as a writer and a teacher, obviously a creative in that sense of being able to kind of create something in the classroom. But this podcast Whilst I know intellectually it's a creative endeavour, I never really saw myself as a creator. But as I've been listening to others, I'd, I'd realised that, you know, that's very much what I'm doing. I'm creating content out there in, in the world. And 
and then strangely people seem to like it which which really freaks me out and i've been kind of i don't know my hobbies are incredibly expensive and and foolish thing that i waste all of my spare money on really i don't waste it's not the word is it i just kind of am an addict i collect like rpgs and i read them and i cast them aside and there are some things that i really love and kind of collect passionately um and it costs a fortune and over the years my wife's always been nagging me about you know when you're going to write your book when you're going to kind of like you know put something out there in the world and earn some money with all this creative energy that you have and of course you know i have a job as a teacher and it kind of pays the bills but we don't live in luxury <laughs> you know it, it's not the point we're not interested really we're content in what we have and I guess we'd love to be able to buy our own house and kind of do those things, but basically we're, we're kind of happy. But I did want to kind of, I felt like I wanted to allow people to tip me, I guess is the worst word. And when Anchor offers this to Americans, I mean, if you're in America or Canada and you're um, producing an Anchor podcast, there's a little thing you can activate where people can just kind of like stick coins in the jar, really, you know, kind of stick you a dollar or whatever. And you can... You can kind of just benefit from people's generosity. They can kind of like you know, like like a busker, you know, that you walk past and you drop something in the hat. And I like that idea, but I can't activate it because I'm in the UK and it's not a feature we're allowed. I'm also not allowed to do the advertising thing, by the way. Not that I'm particularly keen on advertising, but I'd really thought about it and I've wrestled about that. And I kind of ultimately, I mean, in a way, I'm kind of grateful that I can't use that right now. So I'm frustrated because I can't use the tip hat, but I'm really not so frustrated that I can't use advertising because I couldn't see a reason not to do at least an anchor ad, uh, ad you know, apart from the, the way I feel when it keeps coming up episode after episode in, in other shows that I listen, I kind of end up skipping through it. I guess it's harmless. Um, but here in the UK, we have this kind of culture of not necessarily having adverts. Uh, the BBC doesn't have adverts. Um, and whilst there's very little content I watch on the BBC anymore, uh, one of the things I love about streaming on like Netflix and you know um, Amazon Prime and stuff is that I don't get as many adverts. I guess I I get some advertising shows on there, like on Prime, but that's a, I can live with that again. I can skip through them. So anyway, I'm blithering. Patreon. So I created a Patreon. I actually went on MeWe and I think I asked a few people's opinions and a few people popped on there. Ray Otis and uh, Vance came on and. And one or two other people, I'm sorry if I've forgotten who you are, kind of commenting that, you know, yeah, why not? Nobody, I was originally, but I was toasting and saying, kind of, I don't know what to do for rewards. And, and what I got from those three or four people that commented was, we don't want any rewards. You know, I'll, I'll stick you a dollar in the hat. It's not a problem. So in an act of complete, like, madness, really, <laughs> the moment I, I took um, my 20-minute break time at school yesterday and my 30-minute um, lunchtime yesterday, a total of about 45, 50 minutes, and I just built a page um, and I put it live. So it's got some um, tears in there. Um, I think there are four as I'm recording this. I think I'm really tempted to make a fifth one, a uh, ridiculously high one, just to sort of allow people that choice, I guess. Though. I mean, it's it's like it's like a dollar, three dollars, five dollars, ten dollars right now. I'm thinking maybe a twenty-five dollar one for the crazy people. <laughs> anyway, what amazed me is that I got I got my first patron, Vance A, um, within about I don't know ten minutes or something. 
And I got three more overnight, really. As I've been gaming last night, three more people came on there. And um, they've kind of been generous and, and wonderful. And now I kind of want to pause and just get the names. So, yeah, it's Vance A. And then there's Christian Richards, who, by the way, has his own Patreon and is an amazing creator who does 2D, sorry, 2.5D dungeons and also some great dungeon um, kind of geomorph stuff that I keep meaning to use. I just kind of collect um, and, and some kind of like, I really support his stuff. I love his stuff and I keep wanting, I've made a few dungeon bits with his 2.5 stuff. Christian's stuff is great. So if you haven't checked that out, you know, look up Christian Richards. So where are we up to? Yeah, it's Vans and it's Christian. And there's this guy called uh, Peter Skeins. So thanks, man. And um, Edwin King as well. Thanks, guys. Those latter two people are just people I didn't know before I started doing the podcast. And they amazingly been listening. And, you know, I stick out a thing on the Facebook group and on the MeWe group saying, hey, I've got a Patreon page. And what do they do? They're going to stick a dollar in the hat. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate this. It's amazing. I'm blown away. And, um, yeah, okay, so <laughs> as I'm recording this, it's like $4 a month. And I know that in like hard economic terms, that is not an amazing amount of money, but in really soft, what matters currency of the world, of how I feel about it, that is an amazing, an amazing thing. And I just, oh my God, people want to pay me to do a podcast. So thank you guys, thank you so so much. I um I really appreciate you you kind of like sticking a you know dollar in the hat and what I what am I going to do with it? There are no rewards, okay. Um, basically, it's a kind of pay what you want model is what I'm going for. Come and join, be a member of my little community, um, and you know I'll offer nothing in return other than I'll keep doing the podcast. I realise I've recorded um an episode for next weekend and in there there's me going I'm not sure if I'm going to continue damn it I'm going to continue all right so when you hear that line at the end of my little kind of asking for what what do people want to hear just please remember that um I recorded that before I I I did this stupid thing of doing a patreon a couple of things I think I might do Patreon's got a couple of great features on it. Uh, if you get the Patreon app, you get access to a thing called Lens. And Lens allows me to record short little videos and upload them. And they last for about 24 hours on the app, and you can watch, people can watch them. So what I might do is um, I'm think, tempted to test that out and see if it's in, it works and how that works. But I, I think I might just kind of share what I'm working on, uh, little short videos every now and then on what I'm working on. So if I sit down to like, um, record an episode or whatever, I'm just going to put a little thing out on the patreon app via lens and just sort of say so and let you know what i'm doing if i do something interesting or cool or i get a new game or whatever i think i might do my unboxing on video in future you know that kind of stuff so um you know if you if you want to get i guess if you want to kind of get in on um the madness that is the stuff i don't actually edit and record and put out there formally then um, you could support the Patreon and, and you would see the madness that is my life. But um, I'm just going to do that because I kind of think it's fun, you know, just fun to do. And I would probably just do it. Um, but because the app makes it so easy, I, I kind of definitely feel like I want to do that. That's cool. Um, and I have this other mad idea. One of the things I was thinking about is I'm aware that in my um, 
my Dropbox is full of crap that I have accumulated over the years. Um, and what I mean by crap is, I mean kind of like maps that I never or I used for a short while, and then and you know and didn't use. So the one that comes to mind is my is my map of um, a, a fantasy world that I, I built, and I had a, a, an actual artist make this map, and it seems like a real shame for me not to share it. So what I'm also going to do through the Patreon app is I'm. I'm going to sort of, as I find those things, I will share them. I will post them up there. And obviously, if you if you are one of the, the pledges, then you will be able to, you know, access those things if you're interested, if you care. Um, I'm going to hope it's not enough that it bugs people, but it's also that it is the things, you know, if there's things that amuse me or I find from the past that I think might be useful to any gamer, I'm going to stick them out there. Um, and that's just kind of by way of... Um, you know just how i feel really like i'm amazed and yeah what what else can i do well i can i can pass you the the leftovers from my table i guess <laughs> you know what i mean don't you do you know what i mean like the the things that are going to get discarded and just rot in a dropbox folder and otherwise are a waste of or, you know waste of photons or whatever it is that dropbox contains or however data is stored i don't know whatever i'm brethren i'll shut up okay so yeah guys so the two things had a great game and I've got a Patreon, and I suppose I better tell you where it is. So it's patreon.com forward slash RPG Rescue. Okay? So that's Patreon, P A T R E O N. So patreon.com forward slash RPG Rescue. And uh, yeah, so if you're liking what you're hearing and you want to like toss me a dollar in the hat or even crazily go to three or five or madly you know whatever um please feel free to do so and um yeah it'd just be amazing thank you um you know I'm, i don't i don't imagine that i'm gonna kind of get kind of crazily rich or anything and that's not the point the point is just saying thank you um and allowing you i guess um to let me know that you like what i'm doing and on that note, I'm going to shut up. Thanks, guys. That's it for another GM's Journal episode. As always, please let me know what you think and drop me an anchor voice message to share your response. My goal is to create a community of discovery about role-playing games in which you can feel accepted, whether as a player or as a game master. Come and join the conversation. In the meantime... All that's left is to wish you a fond farewell and all the best at your gaming table. My name is Che Webster, and this has been a Roleplay Rescue GM's Journal episode. See you again on the flip side. Game on! Curse you, Webster!